Create the Consciousness Transforming Podcast for Exceptional 21st Century Living. Folks, Ellen Meredith is back and she's talking about her new book, Your Body Will Show You the Way, Energy Medicine for Personal and Global Change. And you know what, guys? Donna Eden, and we all know who Donna Eden says, I am going to shout about this book from the root tops. Superb. So we all know that this is going to be an excellent book for uh, energy medicine and for us to learn um, by Ellen. I want to talk about energy medicine and make ourselves better. Uh, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break to the blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that's holding you back. But you know, I always ask that question, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, intuitive since birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in a corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I'm the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. <laughs> My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, that's MoniqueChapman.com, and I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. My guest today, Ellen Meredith, is the author of Your Body Will Show You the Way in the Language Your Body Speaks. She has been in practice since 1984 as an energy healer, conscious channel, medical intuitive and she has helped over 10,000 clients and students worldwide. As an energy medicine practitioner, Ellen helps clients engage with the body's energy to activate healing. She teaches energy medicine on the Shift Network and has served on the faculty of energy medicine pioneer Donna Eden since 22. And you can check her out at her website, and that's ellenmeredith.com. Welcome back, Ellen. Well, thank you. It's so great to be back speaking with you, Monique. I am so glad that you are here. Um, now, your new book, to me, it dovetails right on the heels of your uh, last one. So tell me about it. Tell us about it. Okay. Well, we're in a time of massive change. And I, and I think nobody's going <laughs> to say, what? What are you talking about? All of us have had both individual change. We've had cultural and, and collective change. And it's hard. It's hard on the body. It's hard on the mind. It's hard on the spirit. And so what I wanted to do was look at how could we use energy medicine and energy dialogue, which is the ability to speak with our own energies, to evolve our instruments, to not just survive within change, but actually to thrive within change, to be able to, to move and live differently in the face of 
what we're being asked to um, adjust to. Mm -hmm. And it's now is the time really folks to really get into some type of alternative complementary, whatever you want to call it medic uh, medicine so that you can help yourself in this time of very interesting um, energy. Now you used to say that, you know, you're, uh, body didn't come with a user's manual, but you discovered that it does. So tell us about that. Well, I really feel that the user's manual is built into every fiber of our being. That's what I've discovered that, <clears throat> excuse me, mm -hmm. just under the surface of our awareness, your body, your mind, and your spirit are communicating constantly using the language of energy, the language of subtle energy. And it's a language we knew when we were infants, and it kind of got um, schooled out of us. Most of us did not remember that we spoke energy. And we took everything up into the trained brain and into, into thinking in, in English or whatever our, our mother tongue was. And and it makes it gives us problems because if we don't have access to this deep wisdom, the knowing that's built into us, and, and we don't know how to participate in that dialogue, we don't have enough input into the self that's getting created there. We're more created by the world around us than we are from within. And so I wanted to show people how do you access this um, built-in guidance system, how do you work with it, and how do you shift from that outside-in perspective, that, that objectified perspective that, that is encouraged in our, our culture, mm -hmm. and instead start operating from the inside out. Yeah, well, talk to us more about that, because you've dedicated um, a healthy amount in the book to um, outside-in, inside-out. And I think that sometimes people don't understand how they're truly thinking outside in as opposed to the inside and going outward. Right. I think it's so ingrained in us, we don't even notice we're doing it. Like when you want to know about something, you know, most of us think, oh, I better Google it and find out what someone else said about it. Mm -hmm. We don't think I better go inside and investigate what my experience and wisdom has taught me about this thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Well, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So one of the changes that I, I, mean, I think we're going through a real sea change. It's not just um, changes in details or or degeneration of systems. We're really shifting from this outside in top down, very patriarchal way of of organizing ourselves. And what's rising up is what I call empowered yin. It's it's an inner knowing that's rooted in our shared humanity that comes from within. And it's not passive. You know, if you hear the word yin, you might think, oh, that's the receptive female passive um, energy. But it's, I mean, think about a woman giving birth. There's nothing passive about <laughs> yin when it's empowered, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the general movement. And so in our culture, we're taught to objectify everything. It's not true unless we can prove it outside ourselves. It's not true unless someone else can do a test and show us that we match match the majority. You know that mm -hmm. we're we're made into these generic beings that are all alike, and we have to measure up to these outside standards, and and that begs the question of well, what am I as an instrument? When I look at people energetically, they're all different. We have different energetic feeds, we have different passions, we have different um, 
soul's uh, agendas, if you want to say it that way. And if we aren't creating an instrument to play the music of our own personal soul, then we're missing missing our opportunity here. And so that outside in thinking objectifies everything. For example, you get sick, you have some symptoms, you go to the doctor and the doctor says, what's wrong and how can we fix it? And mm -hmm. they, and the doctor gives it a name. And all of a sudden, instead of the, the dynamic of symptoms inside yourself, you're dealing with, I have cancer, I have impetigo, I have um, arthritis. It's this thing that you've objectified and named. And then of course we all research it and find out what it's supposed to be and then apply that back to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that robs us of our power because first of all, there's not enough research on just about any named disease out there. So when we take that on, we take on something that isn't the dynamic that's going on within us. So what we really need to do is go in and say, not what's wrong and how can I fix it, but what's going on here, what, what's needed and how can I cultivate it? And when we shift from that focus on what's wrong to what's right and what's needed, we operate very differently and we think very differently. And I've gone into a lot of detail of some of the different ways we've all been programmed to, to see ourselves from the outside in and to operate from the outside in and maybe how to how to shift that in the direction of um, operating from the inside out. Yeah, well, you know, you talk about in your book, Rename, Reframe, and Reclaim, and uh, that's a very positive way to look at ourselves and actually our world. So when we think about ourselves from the inside out, how does that help us? I, I understand how it helps us with personal change because we can feel it, we can experience it. How does it help with global change? Well. If we can change our own way of operating, we're going to influence all the people around us and we're going to influence others we don't even know through the energetics of, of what, what's called resonance, right? And mm -hmm. you know, it's a scientific principle that you can influence energy at a distance by resonating a truth. And so one of the ways we change the world is just by creating critical mass of inside out um, operations but also just like there's an internet that connects us all now through through the through these computers this whole web of computers there's an internet of uh, communication we're more like bees and porpoises and um, even trees than most people realize we don't think of ourselves as being part of a swarm consciousness or a collective consciousness but we truly are so as each of us has access to our interconnectedness, we can influence the web of connections in, in profound ways. We can put very positive um, energies into that web of connections. We can bring new ideas into the world and, and also renew old ideas that were very workable but got stomped out you know, for political reasons. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, I think we have to change from within to change the outer. When you change the outer, but you don't address the inner, it doesn't hold. And we see that with a lot of um, allopathic medicine where we take a medicine and it gets rid of the symptoms for a while, but it doesn't, it doesn't truly heal us. That right. illness comes up either again or in another form. And it keeps coming back because it is a, 
an imbalance in the dynamics within us rather than something that that can be addressed from outside the self. As an energy medicine practitioner, do you believe deep in your heart that all dis-ease can be healed? Well, I've certainly seen a lot of miracles. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. I believe that we each have a, a committee of your earth elemental self, which is your body, your talking self, which is essentially your mind or the, the self that creates dramas and the wiser self. And that it's our job in this life to bring these three together and to, to have a lived experience that enriches the soul and hopefully enriches the collective as well. And so can can any disease heal? Yes, because if you can find ease, it heals. Um, there was a wonderful book years and years ago. Um, I'm trying to think, Levine was his name. I'm trying to think of his first name um, called Healing Into Life and Death. And it was about the fact that when you do true healing, true spiritual healing, sometimes it leads you into a new life and sometimes it leads you into a better death. And so can every absolutely every owie be healed and fixed so that we can live forever? I don't know. I'm not sure that's the goal of the soul. But can the dis-ease that's created by living in a culture that doesn't fit us, in a world that tries to make us generic when we're not, that dis-ease, all of it can be healed. And I've seen miracles of, you know, stage four cancer where people have been sent home to die and instead they healed it. Um, I can I tell a little story that I oh, tell in the book? Yes. Yeah. I had a, a client named Sylvia who had two um, kinds of stage four cancer. And it was so far advanced that she was basically sent home to die. The, the, her medical team said, look, you know, we can throw a lot of chemicals at you, but it's just going to make you sick as a dog and you're not going to heal it. We can't, we can't cure this at this point. Mm-hmm. So go home, set your affairs in, in, in order and, you know, ha- have time with your family. And Sylvia was not just a mother, she was a grandmother. And I think she might've even been a great grandmother. She was really the matriarch of a whole family. And she also ran a family business and she had spent her whole life taking care of people. So she went home and said, what I want to do in my last time here is I want to bring what I know about taking care of people to myself for once. I want to take care of this ailing body that's that's dying. I want to take care of myself and not to abandon the others, but I want to see what I can do to have the highest quality time that I have left on earth. And so she started mothering herself the way she would an infant who doesn't speak English and needs to be, you need to be attuned to that infant's needs. Mm-hmm. And she started to respond to her body's needs moment by moment and breath by breath. And of course, what happened was that in the course of a few months, she healed, she went into remission and then she, she healed her cancer, but it wasn't really the cancer that she healed. She healed herself and in a, in a healthy, well self, the cancer could no longer take hold and it, it died off. It stopped, it stopped its dynamic because the dynamic was no longer supported by her giving everything to everyone except herself. Yes. Why are we so programmed to do that? And why is it so difficult for us to release it? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and for each of us, the, the issues that make us ill 
are different because we're each a different dynamic of body, mind, spirit communications. And you kind of have to tune in and say, what are my personal spirit feeds? What is it that that awakens me, that really, you know, floats my boat or rocks my world? What is it that that brings me alive? And you can find evidence of that in, in, in the things you love, in, in the kinds of activities you love to do. You know, if you're a collector, that's probably one of your spirit feeds to collect things. And if you love reading about history and it just makes you feel so alive, maybe one of your spirit feeds is, is tracking the story over time. And I believe that there's as many spirit feeds um, as there are metaphors in this world, and that when we find what each of us has, and, and most of us have multiple ones, you know, up to at least seven spirit feeds or, or affiliations with, with larger groups of consciousness that I call councils. If we can find out what those spirit feeds or council energies are, then we begin to craft a life that embodies those truths and not those generic truths out there. And how many of us live our lives to build a good resume? You know, I want to look good for, I want to have this job so I'll have security. I want to have have this experience so I can say I've done it. And we put so much on the, the destination. Most of us really don't know how to truly inhabit the journey. And when you do inhabit the journey, you don't care so much about the destination. It can It can have twists and turns because we don't take our resumes with us. Right. We leave them behind. But what we do take with us is the enrichment of the soul that comes from experiencing our truth, our life. And so I really believe that we're all being asked right now by Mother Earth to wake up and to wake up to how each of us can contribute to the collective weave. And that's different from being a cog in a wheel where, you know, I can fill this role or that role. Mm -hmm. I mean, Think about a world where instead of asking kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? What if we were to ask them, what makes your heart sing? Big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And we can change the world by just starting to ask ourselves and each other, what makes your heart sing? And when you get to the occasional person who has no clue, how do you help them discover or uncover what their heart sings well i think that the reason they have no clue is they're looking for the right answer they're looking for that one thing that's going to pop into their head and be a right answer Mm -hmm. and just like you don't necessarily fall in love with a person immediately all a hundred percent usually it's an interaction it's a relationship that builds over time and over time you see all the different facets of that person and you get to know them and you come to love them and you come to um, depend on them and trust them people who have no clue well all of us need that kind of relationship building with our own being where the answer isn't one right answer it's a moment by moment um, positive interaction and dialogue that guides us into deeper and deeper knowing. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you know, you can't know what your truth is if you're not connected in. And so all of healing, I believe, starts with connecting. My teachers once said, if you don't know what to do, which which energy tool to use, just connect. Mm-hmm. 
Mm, and you will, it will be shown to you. Yeah. Or you'll at least have the circuitry that can bring the information to you. I mean, if you think about a car, when you disconnect the, the clutch and you're in neutral, the car can't go forward. And if, if you press on the gas, it just it just revs the engine. You have to put the car in gear to get it to move forward. And I think that too often we ask ourselves for guidance and we ask for right answers when we're not yet in gear. And what I mean by in gear is we're not connected into the instrument. We're still listening for truth out there or wanting to get the truth to tell someone else about it. <laughs> yeah. Still the outside in instead of the inside out. And yeah. That, yeah. Know. It's pernicious. It's everywhere. And even those of us who think we're very spiritual end up looking outside ourselves mm -hmm. over and over, or just at least wanting other people to admire us for it or validate the truth that we've, we think we've found. And I, it's just something I think we all have to cultivate over time rather than expecting it will just be an immediate click. Yeah, um, it was interesting. I experienced that recently. I uh, was part of a Reiki panel at Omega Institute and the headliner um, of the event. Um, he was very much outside in and couldn't hear inside out. And I was like, wow, you you know, you've been doing this forever. You're world renowned and all of this. And, you know, there's a couple of issues here and yeah. everybody saw the same thing. So it just wasn't me. So it's amazing how we think in a certain pattern, but reality can be something completely different. Absolutely. And, you know, it is our culture and we are all very much kind of brainwashed into this is the way the world is. And the fact is, it's not the way the world is. And that's part of why we're running into so many conflicts. And right now with all the alternative facts and competing realities, that's a symptom of people who are not connected into their inner truth. And they get passionate about these things that they, they assert in the world. But the, one of the reasons they're so passionate, passionate is they're threatened because it's a power over struggle. It's, it's like, I'm going to struggle for power and my reality is going to beat your reality. And it's this very strong either or binary thinking. And one thing I talk about a lot in the book is how this shift is from, from that either or binary thinking mm -hmm. into um, what I call spherical thinking, the ability to hold multiple realities at once and see things from multiple dimensions. And as long as we're polarized into left and right or blue and red or us and them, we can never see clearly because reality isn't linear. It is more spherical, right? Like yeah. If you take, take like light and dark, which, you know, we put on this spectrum and say, oh, they're opposites. Mm -hmm. Well, they're only opposites if you think there's only those two things. But if you put them on a circle, like the cycle of light during during the day and, and night or the cycle of light during a month, there's mm -hmm. everything between light and dark on that circle. And they're all equidistant from each other on the circle. Mm -hmm. They're not just opposites. They're co-creators. And if you take that circle and you spin it around, what you have is a sphere. And what you see is that if it's light in America, it's dark in Australia, right? It's night over there or, and everything in between. So you can shout, no, it's noon, it's noon, it's noon. And that may be true where you're sitting, but it's not noon in other parts of the planet. Right. So until we can understand that there really are multiple realities and points of view, and find ways to act that are sustainable for the whole planet and for all of us, 
then we're going to be battling for these things we're passionate about, but they're not grounded truth. And how do we get to the grounded truth? Because right now, you know, and not here, just here in the United States, but the whole world. I mean, if you look over there at um, the people in um, wherever they're fighting these days. Ukraine, yeah, Somalia, you yeah. name it. I mean, how, how do we get past the autocrats who want to just, you know, power over to people who truly are discovering who they are, discovering the light and discovering that there's a different way of doing things. Yeah. Well, you know, today, I don't know where, where this uh, recording is going to land, but today is voting day in the U.S., right. so that's a particularly yeah. rich question. Mm -hmm. I believe that we each need to do what we can. And that means not just, you know, voting in a democracy. It means voting with your body, voting with your the way you live your life. And, you know, I can't change everybody else. I, you know, I don't have that power. But if I change how I do it, I become a beacon of light for others to see how they could do it. Mm -hmm. And if each of us can do those things that we're capable of doing, because, you know, not all of us are capable of, of total transformation all at once. Right. If we can awaken and role model what it's like to be respectful and kind and grounded and conscious of the collective and supportive of others and where we stop feeding the um, the runaway negativity and the, you know, all of that. I, I said before we started, uh, when we were just chatting, this kind of podcast is helping to change the world, not because we're going to change everybody's mind, but because we're creating a counter narrative to the 24 hour news cycle that mm -hmm. says the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Right. We're saying, no, the world is being reborn. The world is being awakened. And how can, how can we participate? Well, I, my answer is work with your body because your body will show you how you can participate. And as you come into um, your instrument, you're gonna play the music of your soul on that instrument. You need to train your mind to be the musician that can play the music of your soul on the instrument of your body. And that means waking up from that illusion that we're all generic and all the instruments are the same and all the souls are the same. They're not. No, and so fingerprints different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cultivating what you can play means the orchestra is gonna sound better. If you think you're a cello and you're really a flute, you're not going to play very good music and the orchestra as a whole is going to sound not much better thanks to your contributions. Mm -hmm. So I really believe it starts with each of us to wake up, to activate the, the guidance system built into our body, to tune into our collective knowing that's inner rather than inter mm -hmm. and um, begin to, to counterbalance that externalized world that is collapsing under its own weight. We really need to bolster it from within. And and most of us have had experiences that show us that's true. Um, for example, say you're sitting home and you feel horrible. You just feel like the world's falling apart. I hate life. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't see a positive way forward. Yuck, yuck, yuck. You know, we've all had those moments. Right. And then the phone and you're feeling like maybe you're getting sick. You've got the flu or something. You're going, oh, my God, I feel so terrible. And the phone rings and it's your best friend who you haven't talked to for a year. And 
all of a sudden you're happy you're excited the conversation you know your friend cheers you up reminds you of things you're forgetting in that moment hey remember when we used to do this and that you start laughing together you bring in the energies that transform the dynamic that made you think everything was terrible and when when you get off the phone you're not in that place. The world is no longer terrible. I mean, there's things out there that objectively, yeah, you can say, I, you know, I read this in the news. I don't think it's very good. But in your little part of the globe, you're bringing the sunshine. You're bringing the light. You're bringing your ability to transform your dynamics mm -hmm. and um, tap into those things which truly feed you and often it's it's our friends and our our family and our our pets and the colors we love and the the foods we love and you know all of the the things that that make you feel alive and animate your soul those are the things we need to touch back home to and use them um, to help communicate with our being you're absolutely right. And I'm going to make a confession right here. And now when we were talking before the uh, show, I was telling Ellen, you know, I was like, I feel like shit. I don't, want, <laughs> you know, I don't want to do anything, you know, and, um, and I read the book and I know the tools and you know what, I just didn't use them. So thank you for reminding me that, you know, yeah, you don't have to play in this energy unless you just want to. Now, right. Yeah. Right. And you know, I, can I just give a little exercise for people sure. because you can read all my books and I hope you will and still forget all the tools. Yeah, well, you got to do them. the work. You can't just <laughs> read, right? <laughs> right. And it's not even the work. It's just in a moment. Sometimes we're just disconnected and it's so hard to connect up. So if you can remember this much, put one hand on your heart mm -hmm. and one hand on your solar plexus, your belly, mm -hmm. and then cross your ankles. Mm -hmm. Just that much. And then just breathe. And if you can remember to breathe in, breathe out more than you breathe in. So breathe in, say, on a count of three. So one, two, three. And then exhale longer. So maybe on a count of five, two, three, four five that little simple exercise or little set of tools where you hold your heart hold your solar plexus cross your ankles and then breathe in and out that's going to re-establish so many energetic connections that need to be made so that the circuitry works whenever we feel like crap it's because our circuitry has come unhooked and mm -hmm. And we can't get access to the thinking, the knowing, the energies we need in order to pull ourselves out of it. So, you know, memorize this one or put it on, on the walls, you know, put it in your bathroom in the other places in your house or, or one simple tool. But this one's a good one because it does a lot of different things. And it works immediately, folks. Okay. Yeah. Did it, you just try it? I hope some of you did. Yeah, I did. And, you know, I, I noticed the switch in energy. Um, but I do want to talk to you about this. In your book, you talk about entering the stream and the stream is working with the meridians. Why is it important to work with the meridians? I mean, I think everybody knows basic chakra, basic um, aura, but why is it important to work with our meridian system? Okay. Well, I, I do talk about entering the streams and I give at least, I think, 18 guided visits mm -hmm. to various energy streams and they're all available on MP3 th through the book as well. But the, the concept of entering the stream is more than just entering the meridium. So I'm going to answer your question in one second, but I want to say 
it's the concept that if we enter the energy we want to interact with, we can influence it more deeply than if we just address it from the outside in. So the meridian streams, I was, I tend to, um, I was trained by my inner teachers, and I tend to tend to perceive my inner teachers as collective, you know, non-gendered, you know, very right-on folks. But one day, I was working with a client very early in my practice, and I was I was um, being guided by my teachers. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw this old Chinese gentleman. He was a totally stereotypical guy with this long beard and long gown. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, he, he sort of started guiding me to work with these things that he called streams, which turns out to be meridians. And what meridians are is that they are cosmic energies that feed us. They come from outside ourselves, they go through us, and they return to outside ourselves, just like um, the stream, a stream of water comes from a source, flows, joins the ocean, and, you know, is no longer the stream again. And too often we see meridians as this wiring, this energetic wiring that runs the organs. We'll talk about, you know, the spleen meridian or we'll talk about the heart meridian. And we, you know, in our culture, we've named them according to the organs they feed. And they absolutely do bring energy to to the body's organs and functions. But we're like a weave of cosmic energies and these meridians are sources that feed us that can... um, that, that we use to co-create our physical being. So what I am teaching in the book is not just holding points on the stream, but dropping into it with your awareness and then working on it like you would work on a stream bed. And the first time this happened, um, this old Chinese gentleman, I had a client in front of me and he said, enter the stream. And I said, what? And I looked down and the stream had all lit up. So I thought, okay. And I just jumped right in with my consciousness, with my awareness. And everything exploded. I could see, I could hear, I could feel, I could taste, I could smell. I knew everything about the place I found myself. That doesn't happen very often. That was <laughs> beginner's luck, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but while I was there, I could see that there was a boulder blocking the flow over here. And I could see that the stream bed was was degenerating and needed to be reinforced. And I could see that a beaver was busy trying to trying to block things over here. And I was able to, to work on the stream together with what I call the universal supply team or the universal support team Mm -hmm. and get that stream cleared out. And I was very surprised because about, I was working with someone who had cancer and about a week later or a few days later, her cancer went into remission. We were both shocked, but we were both not surprised, even though we were shocked, Uh because we knew that that deep work, and I had taken her into the stream with me at at one point, the work we did in that stream was her accessing her actual creation of self, her accessing her own building blocks and making some choices about how to use them differently. And again, the cancer cleared up because it was that was a, a malfunction of a system that was disconnected. So entering the stream is another way to connect into your energies very deeply. And I show you how to, I take you on guided visits on how to do that, but leaving them open for you to have your own experiences because it's not about this meridian means this and that means that. It's about the energies you can encounter and work with. Okay, so no preconceived outcome, just go with the flow and right. see what 
reveals itself to you. Right. And it's quite literally the flow of our being. So, you know, if we can't access our energies more directly, then we're just talking to them from outside, you know, and usually in English rather than the language of energies, which which is what they speak. Yeah. So folks, this is a book that will help you if you decide that you truly want to help yourself and move forward. Um, Ellen, when we go to your website, ellenmeredith.com, what are we going to find there? Oh my gosh, all kinds of things. Well, first of all, you'll get information about all my books and classes and DVDs and you know that kind of stuff. Although I'm trying to codify 40 years of practice and put it out there in <laughs> as accessible a form as possible. Um, I have a YouTube channel and other things. I'm trying to to make it as you know just not too expensive and very accessible. I have a free do-it-yourself divination tool, which is extremely fun to play with. You can just go in and it, I think I'd call it do-it-yourself divination. You'll find everything from that homepage, ellenmeredith.com. And um, I put lots of writings up there. If you sign my um, mailing list, you get a free ebook called Seeking Guidance Within which okay. is very apropos of what we're talking about today. And um, anyway, I hope you go there and, and find some ways to have some fun and play and get some new ideas of things you can do for yourself or things you can explore for yourself. Mm -hmm. And Ellen, you said the operative word play, you know, so many people um, think that you have to be serious all the time with healing or spirituality or whatever. And it's really about joy and love and laughter and play. At least right. I feel. Are you in agreement with that or not? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when people say, well, I worked on myself three hours yesterday, it just sounds so heavy and grim. And often what they're doing is they're compulsively trying to fix themselves. Mm -hmm. When you say I played with my energies for three hours yesterday, it has a whole different meaning, right? right. I, and then it's like, well, good for you. I hope you can get to the place where you're playing with your energies all day, every day. Because when we dance with the, the, the energies that make us up, with we, when we dance with our mind and body and spirit and are playful, we evolve and change. And the part of us that keeps us in form, which I call your gatekeeper, does not love change. It doesn't like change. It doesn't want change. It will fight change. But it usually doesn't fight play because it understands um, that play is built into us to learn new ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. And so um, often something that won't shift when we work and work and work at it will shift when we start playing around with it a little. Yeah, so folks play. Uh, can you give us a pearl of wisdom before we go um, for the audience? I mean, you've given us so much already, but just one more, please. Okay. Um, I think the pearl of wisdom I want to say is that you're not just looking for answers inside yourself. You're looking to build a relationship that's deeper and richer and broader with your own inner being. And if you keep that frame on it, that I'm here to, to fall in love and build an amazing relationship that can really um, last a long time, I think you'll get a little bit further with this process. Okay, in fact, I know that you will. Oh, Ellen, thank you so much for being with us today. I greatly appreciate it. And I know the audience does too. And everyone, please remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of discovering how your body will show you the way. Abundant blessings, light and love to all. Agape. Thank you.